This is Public Hearing, an Auburn City News podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm Elizabeth Hurley, community editor for the Plainsman. I'm Evan Meelans, assistant community editor for the Plainsman. What war are you, Evan? War Eagle, man. Crazy game. And remember how I said last week my ornament gets to go on top? Oh, yeah. I got photo proof, so, you know. <laughs> there we go. War Eagle to that. Yeah. So after the last council meeting lasting less than about 20 minutes, the first meeting of December, it went on for a little while longer, um, especially because there was so much on the agenda. Oh, yeah. I mean, before we even got to the council meeting or even the committee of the whole, actually, there was a planning commission workshop uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, right next door in the uh, development services building. Okay. So uh, I went to that. Right. Uh, that lasted probably about an hour and a half, give or take. Basically there, what the planning commission did was they heard a presentation from city staff, which was mainly the planning department, and they heard a presentation on a short-term rental ordinance that the city staff worked with the short-term rentals task force, which we okay. talked about before. They worked together to create this ordinance. And so now it comes before the planning commission where they are going to workshop it. That's yeah. the name of the meeting. <laughs> um, they're going to talk about it, talk about what they like, what they don't like. They can change it if they want. This is just an ordinance that technically it's really just coming from city staff mm-hmm. and they do what they want with it. Yeah, they it's can... up to the planning commission to change it, rearrange it mm-hmm. the way they see fit. Okay. Um, so ultimately, just a 50,000 foot view here, ultimately they defined three-ish types of um, rental properties. Okay. There's a permanent residence, which would be what a lot of students live in, where, where they rent a apartment, home, something like that, where it's for more than 240 days a year. Okay. And these have to be where somebody is establishing that as their permanent residence. Hmm. So then that gets into all the types of, I guess we'll call them properties okay. in Auburn. You know, from apartments to, like we've talked about ADDUs before, that kind of stuff. So did they define whether or not these people can rent out their homes or well, these permanent residences? So there are two types of short-term rentals they decided. There's a homestay and a non-primary rental. So a homestay is a type of home occupation, which okay. would be like if you operated a business out of your home, like a computer repair business or right. something yeah. like that. So these homestays, both of these have to be licensed. Um, you have to go through the city and get a business license, and they're on calendar year licenses. So even if you get your license in August, come December 31st, your license expires and you have to get a new one in January. So a homestay, um, there are two categories for that, if you will. There, and it's based on where you, what type of zone you live in. Okay. So if you live in a zone that is, generally speaking, uh, abides by the family definition, which is two unrelated occupants can mm-hmm. be together in a home, then you can rent out your property for up to 60 days of the year when you are not home. And this has to be at your address that you consider your primary address that you, you know, that's the address you have on your driver's license. That's like where you get all your mail sent. Like okay. that's yeah. your home. So if you live in a place where you're in a zone where you can have two unrelated occupants, you can rent your home out for up to 60 days when you're not home. If you're in a place where it's up to five unrelated, then you can do 120 days when you're not there. Now for the rest of the year, as long as you're there, you can rent it out. Okay. So if you want to rent out your basement mm-hmm. 365 days a year, as long as you're there, you could for yeah. all other than the 60 or 120 days. Okay. Now, obviously, then you get into stuff about how long the rental can be in that. Uh, there are some stipulations on that. 
but right. essentially you could you could be renting your house 365 to different people. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. Um, the one time I've stayed in an Airbnb, that's that's a situation. Mm-hmm. They were renting out the basement. Yeah. They were just staying up top, and yeah. you know it was just. I've done that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works pretty well, especially yeah. when they got that um, separate entrance and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, we never knew that people were there. <laughs> um, the other type is a non-primary rental. So these are only allowed in the urban core and corridor redevelopment zones. Okay. Which is basically downtown and surrounding areas to campus. Um, and those are allowed for up to 240 days a year uh, when you're not there. Yeah. I will say that there was discussion during the short-term rentals task force meetings about allowing them conditionally. So if I, if I lived in, if I did not live in one of those two zones and I wanted to have a non-primary rental, uh, I could apply for conditional use. And I would have to go through the planning commission and the city council. This is that is not a part of this ordinance, but it was noted in the meeting that that was originally on the table and ultimately taken out. So we could possibly see it come back up okay. again. We could possibly see something that we've never even talked about before come yeah. up again. Uh, they are going to have another um, workshop meeting in January. They kind of decided with the holidays coming up that it's it's not worth it to try mm-hmm. in December. Everybody's too busy. Yeah. So uh, they're going to meet again in January in a workshop in a workshop session to just talk about short-term rentals again. Okay. And so the earliest we could see something in front of them as a voting body to take a vote on would be February. Wow. And that's that's the council or the planning commission? The that planning decides? commission. Okay. And now since this is a zoning-related um, ordinance, it would then have to go before council. Okay. So the planning commission votes and makes a, to rec- make a recommendation. And then council decides whether they want to approve or deny. Okay. So that meeting, that was the, um, what do we call this? The short-term rentals workshop, right? Yeah, we'll call it, yeah. yeah. Workshop. workshop. I, I like the word workshop. Okay. Yeah, well, that ended about 5.30. Mm-hmm. And then council picked up right next door at about 6.15 in the city council chambers. Um, so if you remember, they normally start committee the whole at about 6.45, depending. But this week started at 6.15. Um, they had a lot of things to do in Committee of the Whole. Yeah. Yeah, they were really busy. Um, First yeah. up were some, you know, general board appointments. They had two of those, uh, which were both later approved in the agenda during the actual city council meeting. Uh, then council heard a presentation from municipal judge Jim McLaughlin. Um, this is just his yearly report that's required by law where yeah. he just goes over kind of the state of his department and things that they've done throughout the year. Okay. Um, next up was one of the main events of the evening, which was a student housing discussion. Um, so the Student Housing Task Force, they had their last meeting on November 12th, and part of what they were doing at this city council meeting was they were going over some of the findings from the Student Housing Task Force and how to move forward. Because the Student Housing Task Force, as a body, they don't have any power to like enact mm-hmm. legislation. They were simply trying to like do research, yeah. figure out what's like the true situation with student housing, um, and then give that information off to the council planning commission things like that and that they did yeah (laughs) (laughs) so a large part of the discussion centered around auburn's enrollment cap that they recent that the board of trustees recently approved and the number of beds in purpose-built student housing so before we get into any of that yeah purpose-built student housing is was kind of defined um, in the last couple of years through these uh, Danter reports, which okay. is just an agency that the city has hired out since 
I think it was no. 2013. Yes. Yeah, and they do it <laughs> like mad. they've done it alternating years. It's like it's like every three years because it's 2013, 2015, and 2018 were when the reports came out. Yeah, that's correct. And last year when the report came out in 2018, that's when um, the new council. That was right around when they took over, and that's when the task force came up because a lot of people disagreed with the report. They didn't think it was yeah. accurate. Mm-hmm. And based on the student housing task force findings, that statement would be true. Yeah. Um, uh, the Ultimately, the Dancer report from 2018 kind of concluded that there wasn't enough housing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the student housing task force actually found that there is uh, too much. Too much, yeah. Um. They found that they they estimate there's about 37,000 beds yeah. that are really only meant for students, um, whether it's in purpose-built student housing and, uh, or other things like that. Yeah. Uh, so how many students do we have at Auburn? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, that gets into the enrollment cap, mm-hmm. which the trustees just approved uh, last month. And that basically capped undergraduate enrollment at about 25,000 and graduate enrollment at about 5 to 6,000. Yeah. So that's roughly 31,000 students and 37,000 beds. Yeah. Um So <laughs> Yeah, a- Anders has Mayor Anders has said that that was a problem in the past. Um yeah, and it, it's it's kind of an obvious problem, but the undergrad cap, that's about where we're at mm-hmm. right now as far as students. Um so council members discussed their thoughts on student housing like we've said. Um Many of them voice those concerns about too much. Like I said, Mayor Anders has done that in the past. Plenty of other council members have expressed that concern. Um, after some time of discussion, the council members, they decided to ask city staff to write an ordinance that's going to put a 90-day moratorium on purpose-built student housing um, within Auburn. Yeah. A moratorium. Um, is a fancy word. Yes. It's a fancy <laughs> word for uh just stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it means they put a temporary prohibition on an activity, in this case, developing and building student housing. Uh, so the council is going to stop that for 90 days mm-hmm. if they approve this ordinance. Um, and in that 90 day period, uh, city staff will put together a couple of different things. They want to update the Danter report to reflect the university's enrollment cap. Uh, when the Danter report in 2018, like we mentioned, came out, the enrollment cap wasn't really a thing. Nope. Um, <laughs> they also would like to consider uh, bedroom density, pedestrian safety, and incentives aimed at older, more multifamily type developments okay. to be included in student housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the council and staff will then use all this information to, once again, evaluate the student housing situation mm-hmm. and decide uh, what the next step is that they want to take, if any. Yeah. It's also worth it to note that um, they were unsure. Um. It would depend on how the ordinance is written. Uh, if it will, if this ordinance that will stop student housing development, if that will apply to the ones that are currently being built, like okay. 320 West Mag and Uncommon Auburn and a couple of others, uh, we'll just have to wait to see the ordinance. They, to... they didn't discuss that, whether or not? They did discuss it. Okay. Of, does this affect that? And they said, let's write it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it kind of depends on how they write it and mm-hmm. how they want to include that. But it was generally, the general kind of consensus was it'll be grandfathered in. And so it will continue just as if nothing had happened. Okay. Just to be clear, that 90 day moratorium hasn't started yet. Correct. Gotcha. They, the city staff is writing it as we speak. <laughs> uh, and they are, and it will come before council at the December 17th meeting where council will take a vote. Okay. So if council approves it on December 17th, our 90-day window starts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Unless they write it in a different way. 
that is always a possibility. Yeah. But. Um. They. I mean, there's nothing binding them to keep this plan. It was just the right. idea, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So some council members they had some concerns about that ordinance that we're talking about. Um. Tommy Dawson, a uh, council member, he asked that the city keep legal professionals involved to ensure that everything would be written up following correct legal procedures. Uh, <laughs> council member Brett Smith said he wanted to make sure that the final document would be clear to ensure the stability of the Auburn community and its economy. And that honestly wasn't even the end of the fun stuff. Uh, b- but before we get to that, there were some, you know, regular council items, as always. Yeah. Um, so council recognized the employee of the month, as well as several other employees celebrating work anniversaries. So, you know, working here for five years, 10 years, 20 years, things like that. Um, they also recognized the Auburn High School girls cross country team, who are now the three-time state champions. Wow. Now you ran cross country, didn't you? I did. And <laughs> Um, I, I've lost my speed, you know. I've lost some of that speed, but congratulations to them. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Several board vacancies were also announced. Um, those announcements included one for the Waterworks Board and three for the Board of Zoning Adjustment. Uh, to apply for those, just head to the city's website under Boards and Commissions uh, to get that application. Okay. Uh, there were a number of items on the consent agenda, including an alcoholic beverage license for the Auburn Oil Company booksellers which is a new independent bookstore in downtown Auburn, um, right down Magnolia and like the core of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so they already sell coffee there, but now mm-hmm. if you want, you can go pick up a book and maybe get a glass of wine, you know. The council also approved three tax abatements. The first was for a company called Straley and Hess. Uh, they are investing, uh, Mayor Anders said, $2.8 million into the community and creating 26 jobs. So they were granted a tax abatement, which we've talked uh, tax abatements like we've talked about before are when basically this company doesn't have to pay certain taxes. They still pay education tax, but they don't have to pay certain other taxes. And it's kind of an incentive to get them to bring their business to the community or grow their business right. in the community. OK. And Touchstone Precision was also granted a tax abatement. Uh, they invested about fourteen point three million into the community, which is creating about twenty four jobs. And finally, there's Borbit, Alabama, who is investing $19.6 million into the community. Now, uh, Borbit, Alabama actually got a tax abatement a little while ago, um, but they ended up spending a little bit more money. And by a little bit more, I mean $6 million. Uh, <laughs> so they came back to the council and asked for a little bit higher tax abatement, and they yeah. got it. Um, all of those were approved. Uh, there were also eight contracts and agreements. And within those contracts and agreements, there were a few for... Um, some parks and rec projects coming to the community, uh, like the Auburn Soccer Complex. Um, there were also some for some, uh, you know, streetscape landscaping improvements uh, right. around downtown, like near the new uh, South College Street parking deck, as well as one for the upcoming Culinary Science Center project. Right, right. The last item on the agenda was a resolution for a conditional use approval for the private dormitory on Armstrong Street. Um, we've been talking about this since about November 5th. It's been tabled mm-hmm. quite a few times. Um, but what a private dormitory is, which is what the, they were trying to build on Armstrong Street, is basically um, it's an apartment building built for students, right? And, yes. Uh, the private dormitory definition came up a couple of years ago. It came yeah. up before ADDU. It was around the time when um, formerly Evolve, now uh, Weston Wright, and the Standard and 191 College, when all of those were kind of popping up, those are private dormitories. And that's uh, that's around when those were um, 
being submitted to the city for approval, which was around 2016, 2017, that's when this kind of term yeah. came up. And that's when the ordinance that regulates it came up. Right. And it basic it's a type of purpose-built student housing. Mm -hmm. It's usually where, you know, a uh, little bit bigger bedrooms and smaller uh, common living areas rented by the bedroom, not by the unit, that kind of a thing. Right, yeah. Um, so there are lots of different types of student housing, and they are allowed in some zones and not in others, which we've hit on a lot. Um, in this particular zone, it was conditional use, and that's why it had to go before the council. And that's about the only type of housing in there that was conditional. Many other things are permitted, uh, yeah. like like they mentioned a lot during the meeting, townhomes are permitted by right there, and uh, that's what a lot of uh, discussion was about. This project also went through the downtown design review process, and a lot of discussion there was that it didn't appear like it would be difficult to turn this into a townhome development. Um, but ultimately, developers wanted to go through with their private dormitory and see what the council said. Right. Yeah. So the council ended up denying this resolution. So there's not going to be a private dormitory on Armstrong Street being built. So now the developer of this property is allowed to resubmit a request after a waiting period um, to build another private dormitory. Um, of the same plan, very, very similar plan, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the same place, right? Yeah. They can do that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if they somehow fall into the townhouse category, which is another type of housing, um, they can build it there because, like you said, lots of things are permitted by right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's about it for today. It yeah. was a compact council meeting for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, lots was discussed, especially during that uh, committee of the whole. Yeah. And I'm sure... The next meeting will be the same. Mm -hmm. Probably so. Um, I think it was really, really nice to finally see that private dormitory issue resolved. Uh, it feels like we've been doing that for yeah. a while, even though they really didn't even touch it. They just kept, they just mm -hmm. were like, no, it's not ready yet. Table. Yeah, they just always table it. But um, we're fi we finally got an answer to that. Um, but obviously, there are still plenty of issues around student housing. And I'm looking forward to see how they're going to move forward with this because it's a, it's a tricky issue. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an interesting subject to say the least. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I would like to note, uh, like we mentioned earlier, the city council is going to vote on that student housing ordinance uh, that would stop development for 90 days at the next city council meeting on December 17th. And the Plainsman is going to be right there uh, getting you all the information you need. Visit theplainsman.com for 24-7 news coverage on this issue and so much more. We'd like to thank Weagle and Grayson Moyer for allowing us to borrow their studio. You can find our podcast and other Plainsman podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Hurley. And I'm Evan Mielens. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the Auburn Plainsman's network of podcasts. Join us next week for the next episode of Public Hearing.